the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss, and today, our special guest, as always, Jerome Smith, uh, Jerome Smith, my uh, English teacher at Cass Technical High School, uh, what he trained me in, well, I was there for English, but he trained me in Bible. That's right, apologetics and everything else. He is a scholar in his own right, has written uh, Treasury of Scripture Knowledge along with some other stuff, and he's got some very good stuff to talk about today in terms of hermeneutics. How you doing, Mr. Smith? Very well. A lot better today than yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for what you i let you know a little secret that we had a big storm here, and it wow. knocked a 70-foot branch off one of our big maple trees where our driveway is lined on both sides with stately maples that were planted well over 100 years ago. Uh And it blocked the driveway, but thank the Lord, my youngest son was able to come and use his electric chainsaw and (laughs) chop it up and clear the driveway so we're all set. Well, like I told you, and I repeat, it's real good to have kids. (laughs) They grow up, they can help you. (laughs) That's right. Well, we praise uh, we praise the Lord for that, and 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 you told me now today, and don't make fun of me, Mister Smith. Uh, don't make fun of me. Uh, you know, you you trained me in Bible, you trained me in theology. You know, I went to Bible college, I went to seminary, but you're still using terms that I never heard before, and it's not fair. You said you're going to talk about what today? Going to talk about intentional obscurity. Intentional obscurity. <laughs> That's right. I don't imagine that too many of your audience will have heard about that. 
but it is a very, very important concept to know about and to know which passages employ intentional obscurity so that you can understand them correctly. Now, last week we were talking about 2 Peter chapter Uh 3, verse 7, 10, and especially verse 13, and we mentioned that in the book of Revelation, John reverses the order of events that is clearly stated in prophecy in the book of Isaiah, chapter 65 and chapter 66. Hmm. And I don't know if you brought up the issue or a question, but the question is, why did he do that? And the fact that he did that and people don't recognize it, they misunderstand Bible prophecy. So I thought I'd better give you some more information about intentional obscurity. Give us an example of that. What do you mean when you say they change the order of events? Okay, in the book of Isaiah, it tells us that the conflagration that supposedly, if you misread Second Peter, destroys the whole earth, everybody thinks it comes after the great white throne judgment and after the millennium, because that's where John puts it in the order of events that he gives in the book of Revelation. But if you carefully study Isaiah chapter 65 and 66, you'll find out that Isaiah shows that the conflagration and the destruction of the wicked take place before the millennium, not after. And I gave you a lot of scripture the other time that shows that the earth abideth forever and so forth. Mm-hmm. So what John has done, he's purposely reversed it. And John does a bunch of other things, too, in the book of Revelation. For example, and I'm sure you're familiar with this and most of your audience, the book of Revelation quotes the Old Testament approximately 400 times. Yeah, it does a lot. I know that. Yeah, you know, Some yeah. of those are not considered direct quotations. They're allusions. But scholars have marked them off, and some scholars counted them, and the number I recall is close to 400. Now, John did that as a part of the same intentional obscurity, so that if the manuscript of the book of Revelation were to be examined by governmental authorities in his day, they would not get what it's talking about because they wouldn't recognize and know about the illusions. And so there would be no extra conflict or concern or consternation stirred up because of what he had written. So that's okay. an example. I can give you another example that's uh, very interesting. If you think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are considered synoptic gospels that is they pretty much tell the same story almost in the same order and so forth but also they leave the same thing out but when john wrote his gospel he put it in and what i'm referring to is the story about the death of lazarus and uh Mary and Martha were all upset that Jesus wasn't there at the time when it happened. 
That's right. He said, had he been there, maybe he wouldn't have died. And you may recall in the Gospel of John that it's as if Jesus purposely delayed a little bit to let a few more days go by before he went. That's right. Go see him. All right, but none of that's reflected in the Synoptic Gospels. Now, why would that be? And the answer is that Matthew, Mark, and Luke employed intentional obscurity. They avoided reference to Lazarus while he was still alive, or at least still in danger. But John, writing the Gospel of John long after those events, could freely speak of it, and so that's why we know more details than what Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us. Wow, okay. So it's not that, uh, because some are trying to say, show that there's a a difference between the Gospels, uh, or something deficient about them, because they're not saying the same thing. But, you know, eyewitness testimony, anyway, always involves getting more people with eyes on something than others, and so just because you say something that one book doesn't have does not mean that you're contradicting it. And, uh, That's so, right. Uh, and so basically, here you saying, see a, a very logical and probable and most likely reason which stands behind that particular difference between John and the Synoptic Gospels. Now, now I'm going to show you a, another example of it, Pastor Moss. Now, I don't know if you've heard about these things before, but uh, I think you've gone to seminary and all that, so you know more than I do. But oh, here's an that. interesting one. <laughs> From Proverbs 24, verse 17. And you say, Mr. Smith, what's that got to do with New Testament obscurity, intentional Uh obscurity? Oh, boy. Let me read you the verse, and then you'll see. The verse says, in Proverbs 24, 17, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. All right, where is that reflected in the New Testament, Pastor Moss? And Mr. Smith's not supposed to ask Pastor Moss difficult questions, so I'm going to provide him the answer. Yeah, where is that addressed? Yeah, the that verse is what Paul is referring to in Romans chapter 12. Verse 19. So let me read you Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Dearly Uh beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Now, you really have to go further into that Proverbs 24 context to see more of the connection, but it was most certainly there. And it's very obvious that Paul, in chapter 12 of Romans, had Proverbs chapter 24 in mind. Mm -hmm. Now, this is some intentional obscurity that almost nobody would ever notice. Why would it be used here? What chapter comes after 12? Chapter 13. Yeah. Uh-huh, but see, there were no chapter divisions when Paul wrote his letter. So chapter 13 really continues right after Romans 12:19. I think 12:19 is the last verse in the chapter, or nearly so. So you read Romans chapter 13, 1 to 7, 
where it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are, are ordained of God. Whoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. And he continues, and it's a familiar passage. Now, interpreters forgot to compare Scripture with Scripture, because they generally fail to take into account what must be the controlling interpretative context present in Romans chapter 13, 1 to 7, as it's related to Proverbs chapter 24, going a little bit further into it, verses 19 to 22, which I'll uh -huh. read. Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked, for there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given to change. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? Now, I would say this context strongly suggests that God himself is against evil rulers. And our proper response to such rulers is commanded a little bit further now in Proverbs 24, verse 24 and 25, where it says, He that saith unto the wicked, Thou art righteous, him shall the people curse, nations shall abhor him. But to them that rebuke him shall be delight, and a good blessing shall come upon them. Okay. So this means that what Paul is saying in the first seven verses of chapter 13 is exactly the very opposite of what the mistaken interpreters of Romans 13:1 to 7 derive from Paul's words. And how can I say that? Well, because Paul was surely aware of the context in Proverbs to which he alludes. And we have to be just as aware when making application of Paul's words in our own day. The chapter boundary in Romans, constituting a break between Romans chapter 12 and chapter 13, obscures this vital connection. Okay. So All these readers in his day would be aware of the context Paul alluded to uh -huh. and would have understood what Paul was saying, even though he used intentional obscurity to avoid conflict with the civil authorities of his day. Now, this would be worth a whole program all by itself to show just what the people in Paul's day knew about what the Bible had to say. It's uh -huh. an astounding study, let me tell you. And in the new treasury of scripture knowledge, and in the ultimate cross-reference treasury, and in Nelson's cross-reference guide to the Bible, I have put all the cross-references I could find together at John chapter 6, verse 14, which lists all the instances that I found in the Gospels that reveal what 
the people knew about the scriptures. They knew their Bible a whole lot better than most people do today, and maybe even better some, than some pastors do. I'm not referring to you, but I'm okay. just saying they were so familiar with Scripture, it's amazing. You get these very great <laughs> scholars saying, oh, there was no literacy back in that day. Uh, all this stuff was passed on by word of mouth, and it's a myth, and it's, things changed over the period of time, and this and that and the other thing. Tell them go back and do their homework, just like I used to tell students at CAS that they needed to do their homework. Let me ask you a question, though, Mr. Smith. What was being, because uh, in my mind, I'm, I'm getting what you're talking about, I, I believe. In Romans chapter 13, what was being, uh, like, said differently or hidden about Proverbs? What was he trying to, because here it seems like he's saying, uh, be subject unto the higher powers, but you know how, what is that? How does that connect with what you're saying from the Proverbs passage? It's almost as if he's saying the opposite of what he means, and the key to that is verse 19 in in uh, in uh, Romans chapter 12, and that verse is an amazing verse also, and at least to me, it's it's a major key, <clears throat> and I'll read it again and I'll explain it a little bit. He said, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. He's saying, don't take things in your own hands. Uh -huh. If somebody tries to do you in, you don't just go, you know, try to retaliate. But rather, and this is the interesting one, but rather give place unto wrath. And what he means there is let the Lord exercise his anger to take care of the situation so that we don't have to do anything. We need to stand aside and let the Lord take care of the situation, and he will. And uh, it's really saying don't get in the way, otherwise the Lord might decide to just let it go by and you suffer more consequences. And you see that in Proverbs if you look carefully in that chapter. Where it is written, and this isn't from Proverbs, this is a quotation from Deuteronomy, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And so believe you me, he means it. So what he's teaching, basically, I guess, is that the um, uh, you can obey righteous stuff, but yet do not, in other words, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of things that encouraged them to go against maybe false governments, and here he says, understand that God is the one ultimately in charge. And so uh, so he's interpreting this in a way to cause them to be away or to guard themselves against the evil of these uh, of the Roman government, uh, let us say. Uh, but at the same time, obey what God says. Yep, that's right. And depend on God to take care of the situation. Now, that doesn't mean we don't do anything if we... <clears throat> if we read a little further there in Proverbs, it says in verse 17, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. Verse 18, Lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn his wrath from him. Now see, that's what Paul's alluding to when he says, Just stand aside and let the Lord take care of it. Just like yeah. it says here in Proverbs. Wow. I don't know if I made that clear if you see it, but there it is. You see it, because what it's saying to, to me is, like you're saying, they had to be careful, 
because what God didn't want was an uprising against the Roman uh, government. Uh, he's That's trying right. to realizing uh, live with them, obey them, but understand God will judge them for the evil that they do. Okay. Yep. So, do you remember what Jesus said in the gospel somewhere? He said, if they strike you on the right cheek, turn to them the other, and so on. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't mean for us to all think we got to lay down on the ground be a doormat for everybody. What he was really suggesting there and commanding is that when it's a hopeless situation and you really have no prospects of winning, you might as well cooperate as well as you can to avoid any further trouble than you need to you know, get yourself into. Wow. Yeah, and then and then too, I guess the uh, uh, the martyrs though it makes you think that definitely uh, it wasn't so much the Roman government that was against uh, the Christians as the Jews who were kind of edging them on, and uh, they're told to be peaceful. Never do you see where uh, in the New Testament Jesus commanded any of the Christians to attack or you know uh, uh, defend themselves by warfare. But you're right, there's some powerful things that do talk about that in the Old Testament. So it's very careful how it's worded in the New Testament, seemingly. That, uh, yeah, that's what you're right. Uh, wow. And that's just yeah, and the I, first example, Pastor Moss. What's that big <laughs> term you... we, we, we could go deeper into it sometime, but th- there's the basics. But what's that, but what's that the, big term most you use? People don't take the context of Proverbs 24 into account when they try to understand Romans chapter 13, 1 to 7, and so they really miss the point that Paul is making. Wow, wow. Now, now tell me this, so I can sound very intelligent when I talk about this. <laughs> what is that big term you used again to describe this? Intentional obscurity. Intentional obscurity. Okay. I won't tell anybody that guy. Being intentionally obscure but when he said some of those things in chapter 12, which certainly relate to some of the things in chapter 13 that he said is the very next thing, the people in his day knew the scriptures well enough to make the connection. But wow. anyone into whose hands the information might fall would never make the connection because they wouldn't know the scriptures as well as the people did in Paul's day. So I'm arguing, and there are new books that are forthcoming or maybe already in print that I haven't been able to get them in the Logos Bible software yet, but they're on my pre-order list. So when enough people get interested and order the book, they'll have the documentation that people were much more literate, did much more reading than most people, and especially the atheists and the unbelievers and others give those folks credit for. And wow. to me, the evidence of that is pretty plain, Pastor Moss. If you go to Acts chapter 17, and it, it said that they searched the scriptures daily. Well, in order to do that, wouldn't you have to know how to read? That's right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah. you know something, uh, Mr. Smith? That what you said, we have a, a, a current example of that. Uh, because I was uh, reading where in China, uh, when they do allow uh, Christians to meet, okay, because they've been very oppressive of them, but they control what the expression of Christianity. And the one doctrine they will not let them teach uh, is the return of, of uh, Jesus Christ. They don't want them talking about Jesus Christ coming back and setting up a kingdom. So uh, how they get around that, 
uh, probably is it's like you're describing, that definitely if things are written a certain way, it could bring uh, opposition to the message because what Chinese interpreted this is as something that uh, Christians would do to rise against the government. But that's exactly what they've done. Other things, they, they, they guard on what is preached in China by the Christians that they're allowed to meet. Yep, that's a real good example of it. So it's a procedure that's employed today, but you can see it was very much employed in the New Testament times. Now, I'll just tease you a little bit because our time is going to slip away from us, but the next passage that I would comment on that has intentional obscurity in it is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. Uh-huh. And I'm going to see if I... There we go. All right. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Wow. Now, which end is it, and whose kingdom is being given up to God? <laughs> <laughs> so this this uh this is intentional obscurity. So I've got notes in the new treasury and notes in the ultimate cross reference treasury that I use to explain that. So I'll just begin to share a little. I'm kinda of watching the old clock turn by, but we'll get started on it. Care must be taken not to assume that there is only one end in Scripture. For this end, which well, may well be post-millennial, does not transpire at the same time as some of the other ends that are mentioned in the New Testament, some of which are clearly premillennial. I've got a verse reference there. Let's see if it'll make any sense to us. It says, 1 Corinthians 1.8, who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's another one in Matthew 24, verse 13 and 14. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And then there's another complication, Pastor Moss, that I know you're aware of, but we can tell our audience about it, too. This, the English word end, E-N-D, translates at least two different words that I'm aware of in the Greek text. One is the word telos, T-E-L-O-S, to transliterate it in English. And uh -huh. sometimes, though, it's a different word, sutalia, S-U-N. T-E-L-I-A. Now, for example, the word telos occurs in Matthew 10:22, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. But then when you read in Matthew 24, 3, which uses the same word end, it reads, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? Now, that's wow. the King James Version, but world there could also be rendered age. 
But the word end there is suetulia, which means the conjunction of ages. All right, see, there's, there's different kinds of ends. Right, more than one end. To correct interpretation, get that right. All right, well, yeah. I'll tell you what, you've got my head swelling already. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to get part two of that uh, ne next time, uh, uh, helping us with interpreting the Bible and realizing uh, the way that God was moving them to write so that they could uh, give their messages without it getting con confused with uh, worldly goals that could have turned against them. I thank you very much. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity, Pastor Moss. We hope it's a blessing to your audience. All right. Well, we'll see you again next Thursday. Number to call, everyone, is area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Just finished up talking with uh, Mr. Smith. Wow, what you can learn from that guy. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too, even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative, and their clients that qualify are saving thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. How do believers impact culture? Alistair Begg explores the answer on Truth For Life. Now, it's going to be when the Christian church is prepared to live with the inverted set of world values that we will make an impact on the culture. Find out more about changing the world as you study along with us Thursday on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg. Weekday mornings at 8.30 on FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Faith Talk Detroit. This is Luke Hammett. By now you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike Lindell has just announced that our listeners will receive one of his books, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO. Absolutely free with any purchase using the promo code Luke. It's a great time to buy his warm and wonderful My Slippers. They are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. They're made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time only, Mike Lindell is offering 50% off on all my slippers. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use the promo code LUKE. You will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products, including some overstock products such as individual towels, blankets, comforters, and so much more. Call 800-861-6525 and use the promo code LUKE. That's 800-861-6525 and use the promo code LUKE at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. 
Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Find out what we've been up to. WLQB's newsletter is online. Go to faithtalkdetroit.com and enter keyword newsletter. Get in the know now. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Uh, just talking to Mr. Smith, always a deep and enlightening study. Continuing on now, dealing with the Word of God, uh, and reminding you, okay, the last Saturday in August, our Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries, uh, uh, Apologetic Boot Camp, that's right, Apologetic Boot Camp, any of you who know anything about the language of the military know that a boot camp is a place where you go to get training. Okay? I know about it because I was in the Air Force, and we had to go through uh, our boot camp training. Uh, and I'm providing boot camp training for all of those Christians who want to learn how to defend the faith, whether you be a pastor, a preacher, uh, a deacon, an usher, I don't care, Sunday school teacher, all Christians need to know how to defend the faith. And I'm going to take you through it from A to Z. I've already got all my material together. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And that material will be passed out and given to you when you come. All we ask you to do is support the outreach because we want it to continue okay, from month to month. don't want you to miss a single month. And it will be a Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries. But I will tell you more about it if you're interested in our Bible boot camp. Also, hopefully you're interested in supporting this radio show. And you can do that by sending those donations to P.O. Box 05877, P.O. Box 05877, P.O. Box 05877, Detroit, Michigan, 48205, and make out those checks to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. We'd appreciate it very well. Very well. I'm getting tongue-tied here. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. With any questions that you have, uh, what I'll be talking about is dealing with false teachings, false doctrine. One of them by a guy by the name of Eckhart Tolle, right? Uh, in fact, the person who put this together called it the lies of Eckhart Tolle. Uh, he's one of the people that, uh, by the way, Oprah Winfrey likes to listen to, okay? uh, because she embraces all religions. And I understand, I have nothing against the religions of the world, uh, you know, and all of them have a contribution that they make in terms of at least moral teaching. But unfortunately, the only true way to heaven, uh, according to the Bible, is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the only real holy book on the planet, according once again to the Bible, is uh, the Word of God, the Bible that we have. Not to say that there's not good things that can be said in any of the religions, but there's no salvation offered in them uh, like we have in Christianity. But he thinks differently. He's got some different things on his mind. And so he says, and number one, the first statement he makes, which is amazing to me, every belief is an obstacle. Every belief is an obstacle. 
Now, how can a belief, just because it's a belief, be an obstacle that does not necessarily flow logically? He doesn't say that, give us any reason for it. He just comes right out and says it. Then he says this, and this is where he starts getting really bad, all right? All religions are equally false and true. Wait, now wait a minute. I thought that something could only be false or true. But oh no, okay? Every religion uh, are equally false and true. If you believe only your religion, and there's another thing he says, oh, he puts us Christians down. Because he says in this next statement, if you believe in only your religion, if you believe that your religion is the only one that is true, you are doing that in the service of your ego. Okay? So I am egotistical if I say that my religion is the only one that is true. Wow. What a statement to make. So it lets you know what he feels about truth. No such thing. Especially if your truth is an exclusive truth. You see what this is opening the door for, right? That every religious belief must be true, okay? Uh, uh, the super ecumenical movement, which I believe is going to come to fruition uh, in Revelation chapter 17, Revelation 18, when we talk about mystery Babylon, the mother of all spiritual harlots, all right? But that's what he says. All religions are equally false and equally true. Wow. Sounds like something that is a kind of illogical to me. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. Be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Ross. Looking now at the lies of Eckhart Tolle. Dealing with things that are said that uh, definitely contradict the Bible. Okay? Uh, he goes on to say, uh, Eckhart Tolle does, that religious leaders' teachings were greatly misunderstood, especially when they turned into organized religion. Now, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And there's people who are like that, right? He says, uh, religious leaders' teachings were greatly misunderstood, especially when they turned into organized religion. Okay? So my question is, what's wrong with organized religion? Why is he against organized religion? Why? Because he knows, just like anybody else knows with a brain, you get more powerful when you're organized. <laughs> oh, the devil loves this organized religion. Nothing. What's wrong with work? Everything is organized. Uh, when people have um, uh, someone over to their home for a party, it's organized. When you go out, it's organized. Everything. To, but he wants religion to be unorganized. Why? Because he does not accept any religion as true. Okay? He doesn't accept it. Okay? So definitely... He wants to stop us, uh, uh, what we do at church. Oh, yeah, he, he would have to be against that because the Bible lets us know that the church is organized, okay? And uh, nothing's wrong with it being organized either because it tells us over in Hebrews 10, verse 25, well, verse 24, we can start that there, where it says, And let us cons con consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Then verse 25, in order to do that, in order to consider one another, in order to provoke each other to love, says in verse 25, Hebrews 10:25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. Mm. To do that, you've got to assemble, don't you? <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. FM 92.7, AM 1500, the mobile app or on the web. 
We're all the same great Faith Talk Detroit. Are you tired of paying high fees and commission even when you lose your money? How would you like to never lose your money again due to market risk? Join Joe Uplegger for the Safe Money and Income Radio Show, Saturday mornings at 9 on FM 92.7 AM 1500, Faith Talk Detroit. You can also call Joe now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Kit and Safe Money Book at 866-436-0133. That's 866-436-0133. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-958-5305. That's 800-958-5305. This is John MacArthur inviting you to join me for Portraits of Grace. One of my seminary professors once told me that the Christian life is simply becoming what you are. Because you are a child of God, you need to live like someone in his family would live. In fact, the root of the Greek word for worthy in the phrase walk worthy refers to equalizing scales. That means there ought to be a perfect harmony between who you are and how you live. And when you don't live as a Christian should live, you fail in your commitment to Christ. Remember, though, that your obedience to God cannot be conformity to rules and regulations based on fear or legalistic pride. Rather, make sure your obedience is conformity to righteousness based on gratitude and a deep love for Christ. This is John MacArthur, trusting your lives are portraits of grace. You're listening to FM 92.7 and AM 1500 WLQV, Faith Talk Detroit, in Odyssey Station. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Amy Moss. Glad to be with you. If you've got some questions, well, Marcus will take them, but you've got to call in quick because time is running out. I'm dealing with the lies of Eckhart Tolle, and, and there's things that people just say. You know what I'm saying? They just say it. Um, many feel that they do not have to have a bit of evidence to say it, and they don't. It's a free country. You can say what you want, but uh, what you want. But one thing for sure. Anybody who makes a statement of fact bears a burden of proof. Oh, yeah, because really, uh, you really shouldn't believe things that are not provable, that don't have evidence to support them. And that's what I see happening so much in many areas, and especially in the area of religion. Oh, but did I say that word? 
Because some people say that the word religion is not in the Bible. I mean, wow, okay? Uh, which surprises me uh, because, well, at least before you make a statement like that, wouldn't it be good for you to check first? Absolutely nothing is wrong with religion as long as it's the right religion and good religion. And the word religion is in the Bible. Yes, it is. Okay? I had a, this happened in a class of mine where someone uh, raised their hand and said, well, you know, religion is not in the Bible. And said it so quickly as this, there was no argument against it. I said, well, to be honest with you, that's not exactly true. Over in James chapter 1, verse 26, okay, it says this. Okay? James 1, 26, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue. Now, notice that. Seems to be religious and bridles not his tongue. Uh, he deceives his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Okay? So, religion two times in that one verse. Okay? Uh, here, verse 27, pure religion. Okay, so the problem is not with religion. The problem is whether your religion is true or not. But pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows and their afflictions and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So just to help you, don't think that you're being uh, uh, intelligent when you say that religion is not in the Bible. Okay, religion is in the Bible. The Bible has nothing against religion, but it just has to be good religion. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. And I want to say this, the more organized, the better. Okay. No problem with uh, people who go to organized bars to drink, so why should there be a problem with the church being uh, organized? Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Uh, Eckhart Tolle goes on to say uh, some other things as well. Uh, he says this, and I mean, he thinks he's deep, 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 deep. He says, I know that at the core of each religion, there is the truth, heavily obscured in some cases, but it's there. Okay? He says, I know that at the core of each religion, there is the, is the truth, heavily obscured in some cases, but it's there. Well, goodness, if it's obscured, <laughs> where is that at? What religion is he talking about? He doesn't say. He says this generally about religions. I'm going to tell you, the Bible and its teachings and truth is not obscured. <laughs> to me, having read it for many years, uh, it's very clear. Now, there's some things in the Bible you can't understand uh, because there's some things that only God knows. But uh, basically what God wants us to know can be clearly understood in the text. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Dr. Charles Stanley. When God sends us through suffering, what does he do? He says his reason for sending us through it is that he wants to make adjustments in our character. We know in whom we stand and upon whom we stand, and we are firmly rooted and grounded in Christ. Hear a study of First Peter this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Listen to In Touch, weekday afternoons at 1230. 
This is Daryl Wood. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it has literally changed the way I sleep. The pillows don't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen premium my pillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a queen size premium go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use the promo code run to win you will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the giza dreams bed sheets the my pillow mattress topper and my pillow towel sets or call 800-919-5912 800-919-5912 800-919-5912 and use the promo code run to win at checkout for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com This is Pastor Philip Jones from the Blessed Assurance Church of God in Christ. We invite you to tune in every Sunday morning at 6.30 a.m. to our radio broadcast, where you will be inspired, invigorated, and encouraged. Start your morning out with the Word of God in your heart. We also invite you to join our Sunday morning worship service at 11 o'clock a.m. at 3648 Stockton Street in Detroit. Come and let us exalt God's name together. Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home for less than a dollar a day. For real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happened. So let's give you a reason. Save money for less than a dollar a day with no other costs. You can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. 800 
uh, go deep enough into it. If you go deep enough into Islam, if you go deep enough into Christianity, if you go deep enough into Hinduism, if you go deep enough into Catholicism, if you go deep enough into Christian science, if you go deep enough into the Jehovah's Witnesses, you all will wind up realizing that you all are at the same place. That's what he says. Now, first of all, that is absolutely 100% wrong if you actually study the religions. Now, if you believe this, then there's one thing that I know, and that is that you have not studied Christianity, nor have you studied the other religions, because I guarantee you they do not all lead to the same place. They don't. They don't lead, lead to the same place. That is not even an educated comment that he made. Okay? It is one that, if you examine it, it's found to be proven falsely exactly. In fact, the trouble with it is, if they do all lead to the same place, uh, then the, the leaders of these religions were lying, because definitely they were saying different things than each other. Uh, but that's too easy. It's going to be harder. Because what I want you to do, what I want you to tell me, uh, what is the difference? Oh, you need to know this. If you do not know this kinds of stuff, you're like a sandwich to the cults. When they come, they'll just eat you up, okay? What you want to do is not convince them of something they don't want to believe, but you do want to be able to defend the faith. That's your job. That's my job, to defend the faith, not to put people down, okay? Not to put down religion, okay? I respect everyone's right to have whatever religion they want, but at the same time, I do have a right to discuss mine and show why I believe it's true and why I believe that the truth of the Bible will set you free. Okay? But in order to do this, you've got to know something about the religion. So what I need from you is this. We won't be able to get into it till next time, so it gives you a chance to study. You're going to have to tell me. You're going to have to tell me on the next program what is the difference between Christianity and Islam, Christianity and Judaism, Christianity and Roman Catholicism, okay? Christianity and the Jehovah's Witnesses, Christianity, and Christian science. All you're going to have to do is give me one example. I won't ask you for a whole litany of what they believe, but what do you do when you are confronted by the kingdom of the cults? Do you realize that the church is more and more going into apostasy? Okay? They are. Okay? Every, the devil is doing everything he can to suppress the truth from being uh, spoken. That is why you hear very few sermons that even talk about the doctrine of hell today. Okay? But we're going into it. Do, do you know the difference between Christianity and other religions? Can you prove the lie of this statement that's made by Eckhart Tolle? Well, he says, if you go deep enough, this is what the man says, if you go deep enough in your religion, then you will get all get to the same place. Just got to go deeper. So if you're uh, differing from one another, that just means you haven't went, went deep enough. Because when you get deep enough, you'll find out, hey, I didn't know that. Y'all believe the same thing. Not true. All right. Music is playing. Oh, look at that die. I guess I'm getting, uh, I'm getting like a secret agent now. <laughs> but God bless you, everyone. Live and let live. Preach the gospel. We'll see you next time.
deer, you're in the road again. Hmm. Oh, Ranger, I saw headlights and... I understand. Hey, so you're working late, huh? Yeah, Smokey and I were up thinking of ways to remind people to be responsible for fires they start. So what you come up with? Well, we're gonna make some radio commercials featuring a ranger and talking animals. A little sophomoric, don't you think? Yeah, so? Remember, only you can prevent wildfires. A public service message from Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, State Forester, and the Ag Council. Hey, Ranger, why do you have to remind people to be careful with fire? Well, Mr. Mountain Lion, sometimes people need to be reminded about certain things, like not to run with scissors or let children play with wild dingoes, and to be responsible for fires they start. So what you're saying is that people can be careless and forgetful? Pretty much. <laughs> that makes me very sad. Sounds like someone needs a hug. Back off or I'll turn your hat into confetti! Remember, only you can prevent wildfires. A public service message from Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, State Forester, and the Ag Council. Serving the body of Christ. You're listening to FM 92.7 and AM 1500, WLQV, Faith Talk Detroit, where listening brings hope and Odyssey Station. On the Friday edition of the Paul Edwards Program, a controversial billboard hanging in Times Square, New York. We're going to talk about it with an African-American pastor there in New York who's behind the billboard. That's coming up Friday at 4 right here on Faith Talk 1500. Join Paul weekdays at 4 on Faith Talk 1500 and faithtalk1500.com. Sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministries. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to win with Daryl Wood. Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 